0: This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Today's message is titled, Why We Need to Be Filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled is a lifestyle. It's not a one-time event. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God.
1: I want to start by thanking Pastor Paul Shepard for covering for me last week. I was in Seattle last week with our friend, Pastor Steve Jameson and his church. They all send their love back to First Baptist Church of Glen Arden. So that's in our love. I want you to open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter five. And I want to talk to you about why we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank all 17 of y'all for that rousing affirmation. Ephesians 5, the Apostle Paul from prison writes to the church in Ephesus. And he says to them, I'm, I'm going to read, begin at verse 15. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly, verse 15, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Somebody say, I want to know what the will of God is. And Paul says, I'm about to tell you what the will of God is. He says, and, I, and I like what he says here. He says, don't be unwise, but understand what God's will is for your life. God wants everybody here to know what his will is for your life. He begins to tell us, do not be drunk with wine. Look at your neighbor say, stop drinking. Go ahead, tell them. I didn't hear the choir tell nobody anything. I know y'all heard the service already, the sermon once already, but y'all, y'all need to tell the person sitting next to you twice, stop drinking. Let's try that again, choir. They don't drink, they say. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Let me spend a few moments to talk about being filled with the Spirit. That's something very important for every Christian, every believer, to know and understand. That God desires for you to live a Spirit-filled life. Now, when I was growing up as a child at the First Baptist Church of Glenarden, and somebody would get what we used to call happy and they start jumping and shouting and running around, and I used to get scared. Because whatever it was that jumped on that person, I didn't want it to jump on me. And I would get nervous and scared, but I've since learned, and I do now understand. um, It's clear to me now, it's very clear to me how the spirit of God works, and God lives in us, he dwells in us, he abides in us. When you accept Jesus in your life, the presence of God comes and lives within you. So it's not something hopping from person to person. It's not a spirit that comes upon you. The spirit of God lives inside of you. That's how he works. And and, and by the way, when you get saved and when you accept Jesus, all of God that you're going to get, you get when you get saved. You don't get God in doses. Say, neighbor, you don't get God in doses. You don't get a little bit of God today, a little bit of God tomorrow. The question is not how much of God do you have, but how much of you does God have? I mean, we have reserved compartments in our life. We have reserved uh, places where we don't allow God to have control or access to. And this man, the Apostle Paul, is speaking to the church in Ephesus to tell them, listen, you need to live a Spirit-filled life. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Tell your neighbor, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Tell them. By the way, it's not a suggestion. It's not an opinion. It's a command. He says, but be filled. Somebody say, but be filled with the Spirit. Be feel, Allow the spirit. And and by the way, the, the feeling of God, meaning how much of you he takes control of, meaning that he has access to, to control and be in charge of every aspect of your life uh, uh, is, is not a one-time deal. It is, a, it is something that we have to yield to over and over again in the course of our life. We want to get filled. It is a repeated process. It's not a one-time act, I guess what I'm telling you. Because why, why is that? That's because your flesh keeps rising up wanting to be in charge. Your flesh keeps pushing God out of control and your flesh keeps saying, I want to call the shots. I want to do what I want to do. I want to be in charge. And so you have to continually be in a place to yield to God. Go on and preach, Pastor. Be controlled by the Spirit of God and you not control your life, but the Holy Spirit control your life. The problem is your life gets jacked up and messed up when you start calling the shots. When you start declaring what it is you're going to do and where you're going to go and who you're going to talk to and what your relationships are going to be and what your habits are going to be and where you're going to go, when you start calling the shots, when you start saying what it is you want rather than what God wants, the biggest battle we have in life is letting God be in control control of how we live our lives. So Paul says to them, the best way we can live, the best way to be impacting is to be filled with the Spirit of God. I don't know about you, but I want to live a Spirit-filled life. It's something you ought to ask God every day. Fill me with your Spirit today, God. Be in control of every aspect of my life, God. That's what we ought to be saying to God every day. And, then the, and the question is, so how do I know when I'm filled? When I, when I was growing up, we, we had and we still have this today, denominations and churches that believe that when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you speak in tongues, and they, they will tell you if you don't speak in tongues, you ain't got the Holy Ghost. Uh, the truth of the matter is, I didn't met a whole lot of tongue-talking tongue people who don't know how to speak to me in English. If that's the kind of Holy Ghost you got that will allow you to walk by somebody, not speak to somebody, treat somebody bad, cuss somebody out. I don't want that kind of Holy Ghost. I don't know if y'all ever met somebody like that, but I have. So Paul says, I want you to be filled with the Spirit. And then he begins to show us what happens when you get filled. Matter of fact, here's what I do believe. When a person gets filled with the Holy Ghost, they will have a boldness to speak for and about God. As a matter of fact, all through the Scriptures, we see places where people got filled with the Spirit. And and what we see that's evident from that is they have a new courageousness, a new boldness to declare the goodness of God. You read through Acts and look look, look at every place where you see somebody get filled with the Holy Spirit. And what you will detect and notice that soon thereafter, often immediately, they might speak in tongues, but they also might preach a sermon. They also will make a declaration about the power of God. When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, he will give you a boldness to declare the goodness of God and not be ashamed to do it. And so he says, he says in verse, uh, there's three or four things I want to give you here today. Here's number one. He tells us that when you get, here's why we need to be filled with the spirit because number one, he empowers us to do what verse 19 says. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Do y'all see that right there? Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord see the first thing you do when you get filled with the Holy Ghost you will learn to sing the right song I feel some tension in the room because some of the songs y'all are singing have not been inspired by the Holy Ghost It's tension in the room I don't know why it's so tight up in here uh, I, I know y'all just finished singing a great worship song, but I wonder what song you're going to sing when you get in your car. I'm asking a question. I'm just asking a simple question. Yeah, this, this says when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, He's going to help you sing the song you ought to be singing. He's going to help you sing the song that's God-glorifying. He's going to help you sing a song that praises God, uh, 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 he's gonna help you sing a song that will be a melody in your heart to the Lord. Can you sing the song that you listen to, to God? I asked the question, y'all ain't answering. I, y'all, not, y'all not answering me. I'm asking a simple question. Is the music that you sing and the song that you sing, can you sing it to the Lord? I asked the band this morning, what songs do the Saints be listening to? They act like they didn't know what I was talking about. But Aaron on the drums was courageous enough to stand up and give me the songs, the the name of the groups. I I did not know a single group that he named. Come here again. The rest of these wimps don't have no courage. Now, by the way, I'm so proud of Aaron because he, he used to play the drums for Usher. But now he's in the Church of Jesus Christ. Friend. It's a different kind
0: of Usher, Pastor. It's a different, huh?
1: kind, of, it's a different a kind of Usher. It's a different kind of Usher.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm serving now. Yeah, I'm
1: yeah, you're ushering Jesus into uh, the talk camp. To me. <laughs> okay, now, t- tell me. Now, this is a different crowd. This ain't that early morning crowd. Yeah. You know, that, that 9 o'clock crowd. They, right. What, what would this crowd be listening to?
0: Well, they said that they listened to Lizzo.
1: Who knows who Lizzo is? Wow. They,
0: they also said Scissor.
1: Scissor? Okay. Who knows who Scissor is? I think I passed a bunch of heathens, is I think what I did.
0: <laughs> Kendrick Lamar, they mentioned Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick
1: Lamar? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Is it all godly music? I mean, are they talking about praise the Lord, glory to God, and well, that? All was that?
0: Anthony Brown? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Little Fred Hammond. Huh? Don't
1: don't, don't, uh-huh. lie. don't lie, don't lie on them there, don't lie on there. <laughs> Go back to your seat. You're on the line now. <laughs> now, now, we all are. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you that all music is bad. Right. I used to listen to The Temptations. Matter of fact, that's my group, my favorite group. I like groups like, like the, the Temptations and the the Lights, the Delphonics. Didn't I blow your mind this time? <laughs> you young people don't know nothing about that kind of music. Did I say the Stylistics? Yeah. Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes who was led by Teddy Pendergrass. It should have been Teddy Pendergrass and the Blue Notes. But some of the music, back in those days when we sang music, it was godly music. It was God-glorifying music, much of some of it. It was at least, though it was secular music, it was music that uplifted godly principles. This crap that some of y'all listening to today is the opposite. Now don't get me wrong, not all of their music was like that. I had to put the temptations down on some of their music. I mean, they sang a song, how did it go they sang? Um, I can turn the gray sky blue. I can make it rain whenever I want it to. I can build a castle from a single grain of sand. I can make a ship sail on dry land. But my life is so incomplete and I'm so blue because I can't get next to you. Anybody know that song? That's a song about the temptation singing that they want to get next to a girl. They ain't talking about sitting next in a car. They ain't talking about sitting next in a movie. They talking about getting, they talking about something else. Yeah, I had to put them down. I had to put them down when they sang a song I wish it would rain. Sunshine blue skies, please go away. My girl has found another and she's gone away. With her went my future. My life is filled with glue. But day, de- I know the you
0: but I wish it would rain.
1: Oh, stop don't go no further you ain't gonna never get out of your bluish down depressed self singing that song but when you get filled with the Holy Ghost it tells you not to sing that song but to sing the songs that will lift up your spirits and glorify God somebody say I hear what you're saying to me pastor You got to ask yourself some questions about the music that you listen to. You got to ask yourself, does this music minister to my spirit or to my flesh? You got to ask yourself, is the music in order and balanced? Ask yourself, does the content agree with Scripture or disagree with Scripture? Does it bring glory to God and biblical precepts or does it not bring glory to God and biblical precepts? You got to ask yourself the right questions. But I'm here to tell you, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, he will help usher you into an environment and teach you what to listen to and what not to listen to. It is, in fact, it is, in fact. Uh, one of the evidences, I believe, when a person is filled with the presence and spirit of God, it is one of the evidences will be determined by what comes out of your mouth. Out of your mouth is the abundance of where your heart is. Some of you are down and frustrated because you're singing the wrong words out of your mouth. Get filled with the Holy Ghost and perhaps your whole attitude about life might change. Speaking of attitude, that brings me to the next point, point two that I want to talk about. That was, that, that was about the right song. God wants to give you and I uh, the ability to sing the right song. But secondly, I want you to, uh, the Holy Spirit will give you the power to sh- for you to show the right spirit. Somebody say the right spirit. Say it again, the right spirit. That's what verse 20 says. It says, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stick a pen right there. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father. Giving thanks. That is the attitude. It is an attitude of thanksgiving. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, he gives you the capacity to give God thanks regardless of the circumstances in your life. I don't know if you've ever been around somebody who's gloomy and complaining and depressed and sorrowful and frustrated, ain't nothing right, ain't nobody right. They're always unhappy. They need the Holy Ghost. They need to be filled with the Holy Ghost they need the holy ghost to step into their domain of their life and fill every nook and cranny of their heart every nook and cranny of their mind every nook and cranny of their being and when you get filled with the presence of god when the holy spirit fills you he gives you an attitude of gratitude go ahead pastor you know what i discovered i've learned with the presence of god with by being filled with his spirit how to be thankful for life even when the things in life are not going the way I want them to go. I've learned to be grateful because there's always somebody who is worse off than me. I've learned to be grateful because there's someone who would love to be in my shoes i learned to be grateful because it could have been me outdoors no food no clothes or just alone without a friend or just another number with a tragic end but i thank god he has shown me things to be thankful for Oh yeah, I give him praise. Oh yes, I'm grateful. Oh yes, I'm thankful. Oh yes, I give God glory and praise for every door he's opened, every prayer he's answered, every miracle he's wrought, every victory he's won. I give him the praise. I'm grateful. Somebody high five your neighbor and say, I'm grateful. Tell them on the other side, I'm grateful. I've got gratitude, i got so much to thank God for. Who am I I talking to today? Who here knows? Yeah, I didn't get the raise I wanted. Yes, I don't have the job I want. Yes, everything's not going the way I would have chosen it to go, but I'm still grateful. I'm grateful because I know God's got control of my future. Y'all not hear what I'm saying to you today. I know that the God I'm serving is carefully intertwining and working the affairs of my life. And even though I might not see it right now from where I am, I know in the long run, I'm gonna be the winner. In the long run, I'm gonna be victorious. When I get
0: to the end of where I'm going, God will fight my battles God has got my best interest in mind. I don't have to wait until I get to the end of the battle. I can go ahead and give him praise now. I believe we got some people in this camp
1: that don't need to wait till they get to the end to tell them thank you right now. Thank
0: you, Jesus. Thank you for answering my prayer. Thank you for opening the door. Can't thank you for being the God that you are. I'm so thankful.
1: Somebody look to your neighbor, tell them one thing that you're thankful for. Go ahead, just look to somebody. what you said you can't think anything
0: thank him that he woke you up this morning and while you laid in the very image of death you could have been dead and buried in your grave but he woke you up thank you jesus Kept me out of an accident. One car headed directly toward me, and you kept him on that side of the road and kept me on my side of the road. Thank you. Tell God, I thank you. You should say, I should have had VD, I should have had. I should have had gonorrhea. I should have had a whole bunch of things. But you kept me in spite of myself.
1: All right, I got one more point. Somebody say. I want to be able to show a spirit, somebody say. I want to show the right spirit. I want to show that I have the right spirit, the right attitude. Being filled with the Holy Ghost will change your perspective on life and help you get the right spirit. Here's my last thing. He says right here in verse number 21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Being This is important. Highlight this. Underline this. This is a very important thing when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you have a willingness to be submitted. Now, if if you can't submit to nobody, you are out of control. Anybody who cannot submit to somebody is out of control. Somebody on your row is out of control. Look up and down and see if you can figure out who it is. Now, this point is, being filled with the Holy Spirit helps you to submit to the right, right, persons, to the right people, to the right saints. Let me put it that way: submitting to the right saints. You know, so I I want y'all to hear me clearly. I'm not suggesting that you submit to everybody. One time, the person applied for a job here. We asked them who was their supervisor. They said everybody. No, we're not not telling you to submit to everybody. The scripture is clear about who you should submit to. Amen. And some of y'all need to learn who to submit to, who not to submit to, because everybody, you're not called to submit to everybody. Who are you supposed to submit to? He begins to tell you right after verse 21 who you're supposed to submit to. He starts in verse 22, and verse 22 is anointed. The Holy Ghost is all in verse 22. Come on brothers, don't leave me out here by myself. It's anointed. Let me read it to you. I feel I need to come over here and read it right here. Wives, submit to your own husbands, as to the Lord. That's, that's anointing. Is that your wife right there? Your girlfriend? Friend? Y'all just friends. Let me leave y'all alone right there. Yes. How's she doing in this area? You have to think about it? <laughs> Now, I thought the brothers would be up on their feet shouting, <laughs> hollering. I thought they'd say, preach on, Pastor. <laughs> but not a single one came up here and dropped a dollar. You know why? Because it's hard for women to submit to rebellious, hard-headed Men <laughs> <laughs> Brothers, do y'all see how they act? But I ain't on that point yet. I'm talking about the wives. Yeah. No, take it back. Take it back. (laughs) What amazes me about this verse, he says, submit to your own husbands just like you would to the Lord. That's a serious deal. Y'all need to think about that before you marry these jokers. If you can't submit to him, see a lot of y'all married men, y'all should not have came to this service because I don't have no time constraint on this service right here. Y'all think y'all can change him. It's not your job to change him. You're out of order to try to change him. Ask yourself the question. stop, Stop asking, start asking, am I willing to submit to this person? And if you're not willing to submit and follow his leadership, that's not the person for you to marry. Now, if you can't submit to nobody, you should stay single. Hold up. Single and celibate. I need to put those two things together. There's tension in the room. There's tension. I can call my husband Lord with a lowercase L. She said she can call her husband her husband Lord with a lower case L. She said I call him Lord. Sarah called Abraham Lord. I pointed, I pointed my scripture, that scripture out to my wife one day. She said, so <laughs> Kevin, Kevin. She said, so that's Sarah. My name is My name is Trina. <laughs>
0: Stop
1: <laughs> I better go on to the next one. So wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the, hu- of the wife as also Christ's head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ so let the wives be to their own husbands In everything. In everything. I told you that, that verse was anointed. Yes, it is. it's Holy Ghost filled. Yes, It's powerful. I love it. I love that verse right there. Now, let me be clear. We're not trying to tell you to do. If they ask you to do something illegal and moral and ethical and scriptural, we're not telling. No, you don't. You never do that for anybody.
0: God's not commanding you to do that.
1: long as it don't break scripture break the law all those other things you should be submitted to your husbands amen they didn't say a word that's something what you say i'm going to get to 25 let me let me be the pastor i'm coming there oh well your verse 25 says husbands love your wife just as christ also loved the church and gave himself for her Is that your wife? Is that your wife? Oh, she you're not married. Well, there's another story. All right, let me, <laughs> let me leave you alone. <laughs> let me, up here trying to tell the pastor how to preach. Tell, that's what some of y'all's Uh-oh. women's problems are. Uh oh. Trying to tell men what to do. Right. Oh, there's Uh-oh. tension in the room. I've been preaching for 33 years. I ain't never needed nobody to help me learn how to preach. But the saints of God, yeah, it's okay. I ain't mad at you, baby. I love you, sweetheart. Thank you. Just don't do it again. And don't do it with your husband. The worst thing you can give a man, while I'm on this point, is unsolicited advice. Is that your husband right okay. <laughs> there? When I said that, he reached over and grabbed his wife. I know he wanted to punch her in the side like that. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying to you today? This is, this is stuff we have to learn. That's and, right. And in verse, 20, verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives. There, there's an, men, you need the Holy Ghost to help you learn how to love your wives. Yeah, cause loving a woman can be difficult. Yes. Understanding a woman can be difficult. Yes. You need the Holy Ghost to help you. Amen. Amen. I need the Holy Ghost to help me with my wife when she's going through her hot flashes or cold flashes. She turn the heat on. Turn the air conditioning on. Do you want this to eat? That to eat? You know, she just do stuff I just don't understand. I'm trying to figure out if I can tell y'all some examples since she ain't here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. it. (laughs) Everybody's saying don't do it. All I'm saying is it can be difficult to understand. Brothers, when you get married to a woman, that's what you better get married to is a woman, by the way. I know that's another thing. By the way, by the way, I know this is in this day and age, everybody's making lesbian and homosexuals okay. According to the Bible, it ain't okay. (laughs) For the Bible people. It says, husbands, love your wives. Let me just read the whole thing to you right here. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Jesus laid down his life for the church. He died for the church. Brothers, don't marry somebody that you ain't willing to die for. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what clearly the Bible says. That's what Jesus did. And if you're not willing to lay down your life for her, see, most of you men get married because of what you, which, how you can benefit, not how you can be a benefit. Are y'all listening to me? Oh, Lord, there's tension in this room. There's tension. And that's what the scripture says. It's teaching us today. This is what we need to do. And it says in verse number 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Men, our number one responsibility is to wash our wives with the word. Not Here's what you try to do. You try to wash her with your opinions. But you got to wash her and cleanse her with the water of the word. That word will wash and cleanse, not just her, it'll clean your old nasty self up too. Amen. So husband's verse, uh, uh, verse 27, that he might present himself, that he might present her to himself, to Jesus, it means a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their wives, their own wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself.
0: Wow. Wow!
1: For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes cherishes it just as the Lord does the church wow. I love that right there so powerful and profound and amazing alright so y'all get that those, those are two key points right there. I want you to get that in the relationship that's who that's where submission goes but it doesn't stop there slide down to chapter 6 verse, verses 1 and 2 let me read verses 1 and 2 of chapter 6 children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right children obey your parents that's submission children are to obey their parents What's a child? Anybody who cannot take care of themselves. Amen. That's a child. Amen. If somebody else is paying your rent <laughs> and you can't take care of yourself, you a child. Some of, some of y'all got 40 year old children living in your home that are children. You're a child and you are to obey. And then it says in verse two, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment we promise. What's the difference between obedience and honor? A child you are called to obey, when you become grown and have your own family, take care of yourself, you honor your parents. The Holy Spirit will inspire you to be concerned about honoring your parents. That means you give weight to their opinion. You're not obligated to submit and obey, but you give weight to what their cares and concerns are. I'm proud of my life that I took care of my parents when they could no longer take care of themselves. And you know what's frustrating is the number of kids who don't care a thing about their parents. Don't visit them, don't pray for them, don't help them. That's tragic and sad, all that your parents did for you. And what they did to take care of you and bring you up, put you through school, feed you, and you don't care nothing about them, that's horrific. The Holy Ghost, when he fills you, he will give you a concern about your parents.
0: Amen.
1: Okay, I'm finished. No, I'm not. I got one more thing to say. Let me close on this. I'm going longer than I planned. Verse 5. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and sincerity of heart as the Christ. This is about employees and bosses. And what is it saying? When you have a job, be obedient to those who are your supervisors. Amen. Amen. Thank all three of y'all for saying amen to that. That's why some of y'all will never get, will never make it or go anywhere in life, cause can't nobody tell you nothing.
0: Amen. Amen. That's good, pastor. Tell nothing.
1: The call of God is for you to be submitted on on your job. Amen. You know, on your job, when they have to let somebody go, Christians ought to be so excellent at what they do, so submitted, so faithful, so dedicated that when they have to let people go, they should be able to say to you, you know what? You haven't been here as long as any other people, but you're such a good servant. service Servant, I can't stand to lose you, Amen. so I have to let somebody else go and keep you. Amen. Here's what y'all are doing like this. Do y'all understand what I'm saying to you today?
0: Yes.
1: You ought to be superior. And, and by, the, by the way, this section, this passage is not only speaking about employees, it's telling bosses how they ought to respect and treat the people that they're supervising. It's a tough tough job though, trying to teach managers how to manage rebellious people. Okay, let me finish, let me just go ahead and quit. Um, I want y'all to take this at heart. Here's what I'm, here's all I'm saying to you today pray every day and ask God to fill you with his spirit so you can demonstrate that you're walking by the control of the Holy Spirit by these things that I just mentioned. Amen.
0: You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, he directs your steps and helps you deal with the issues you have in life. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglennardin.org give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.